Listeners and welcome to a brand new episode of the Everybody's Eats Legum podcast from a very rainy Manchester morning. I am your host Vinod Barbadikar, joined as always by my co-host Jerry. Jerry, my friend, how's it going? Oh, if it wasn't for this weather, when I wake up this morning, I would be doing so great. But listen, we've got to be used to this. Um, I would say that's quite a, a recurring weather in England, but I'm, except this, I'm, I'm doing well, I'm doing really well. What about yourself? Have you done anything exciting recently? No, no, Jerry, nothing, nothing very exciting. Same yeah, old, you've, same you've been, you've been, uh, a, you've been a busy man. You've been a busy man, I can yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, just keep typing away on the laptop as you do, <laughs> as you do. Um, but hey, how's your university thing doing, Jerry? Uh, listen, I just, you just, um, I feel like you just, starting to be like a, a complicated um really stressful period at uni now when you have you know we go the last our uh, my last semester at university mm. um and then just uh slightly start applying for jobs but except this I've, I've been a while i've been myself just trying to keep up the working as much as possible to hopefully get something um, interesting at the end of it well, moving from the stresses of of university, let's let's move to stressful times in in France for for Marseille supporters once again. Jerry, I feel like that's the focus of our headlines from France this week. Yes, yeah, headlines from France once again, Marseille, and rightfully everyone's happy. Um, so well, obviously the fans are unhappy with what the team shows, and there was an internal meeting uh, between so the players, uh, Pablo Longoria and. Genaro Caturu, the coach, and basically um, Pablo Longoria was saying to the players that they don't show enough patience on the pitch. Uh, the captain against Lyon on Sunday, um, Samuel Gigo, were like, complaining that no one wanted it, that they didn't put enough patience on the pitch. And Longoria topped up this, saying, this, what, what's the matter now? Because basically... Uh, when Igor Tudor was manager, a lot of players was complaining that mm. training with Tudor or just being with Tudor um, week in week out was really complicated, too complicated, too hard. Uh, and then obviously Marcelino came in, um, and now the player was complaining that it wasn't hard enough, uh, that he wasn't reactive enough <laughs> as a coach. And obviously, Gattuso in here, there's not much of insight so far of what's the situation between the coach and the players. But obviously we know what players was going to work at. So I definitely don't think he's the kind of coach who will be too easy or not not hard enough on players. So basically, Babo Longoria was saying, well, he seems never happy from what, which, whichever coach coming in. So now it's maybe time to stop blaming coach and, and, and you putting the work in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you see Gattuso on the on the sidelines; he's screaming half the time. You can hear him through the yes, literally, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if if Gattuso is the only problem at Marseille. Maybe the players need to you know, step up and take some responsibility for their uh, for their results and performances, which were not very good against uh, against Leon in the in the derby. I feel like that's our big result from the weekend. To, to talk about one nil victory for Leon, thanks to a solitary goal from uh, Alexander Lacazette, um, and Leon starting to look like they're really coming together under PSG. Yes, Leon. Oh, I was really that was my first time this year watching Leon, and I was really amazed. Um, I mean, obviously, when you when honestly the, the way they played not only but with all the signing they've been they've, they've been doing this this winter window you always knew that it's gonna be improved the team but then it's like one of them when you're not sure if if it's actually the you know like Marseille is not that good making them look better but I, I feel like Lyon had a great game um they basically in my opinion control the game when they had the ball and when they didn't have the goal the ball and so the whole game, really, you could see that they know what they were doing. Uh, they were passionate there. They didn't want to lose. Um, 
No, really great game for Leon. This is the kind of this is the kind of game where you can drill them for the rest. And I, I basically think that Leon's gonna be fine. Obviously, <laughs> it's still it's still early days to say this, but I basically think that Leon's gonna be fine based on what we've seen and if they keep on this kind of performance and momentum. And add to this that the new signing, Said Ben Rama and uh, Owen Mangala uh, from West Ham and Nottingham, is going to be add to this and. I think basically that Lyon's going to be fine, and I think they sh they showed a better face of themselves, and that was more the Lyon that we've been known in Ligue 1 for the past year. So really exciting, exciting times for being a, a Lyon fan. Yeah, you don't get to say that too often this uh, this season for sure. Uh, Alex is somewhere smiling <laughs> to us saying yeah, this. Yeah, you think about you, Alex. Um, yeah, <laughs> but hey, one of the standout performers from from that game was of course Ernest Nuama. He, I'm just looking through some of some of his fop mob numbers from the game. He created four chances for his teammates, had one point zero three expected assists. He had seven successful dribbles out of twelve attempted, and and generally just a standout game. So so yeah, I guess Ryan Shirky now has some serious competition. For uh, for his spot in the team. Yes, yes. Um, we can talk about this later. But really, rough evening for for new signing Compton Merlin against Noama, who was just on fire. And what I really like with Noama um, on Sunday was the fact that he just kept kept trying. I mean, all of his choice wasn't always the best. But what was really interesting, he just kept trying, kept making runs. Just asking for the ball, sharing him, and that's the kind of thing that we haven't been seeing enough from Lyon uh, this season so far. And this kind of performances, well, obviously, he was the, he was basically you could see him sometimes uh, on the left wing or the right wing. He was just there. He really wanted to make things happen, and clearly tells that every time he was touching the ball or the pass. And at the end of the game, no one really complained, even though he had kind of a lot of those ball or miss missed some controls but i think at the end of the game we can't really complain about this because he just gives so much during that game that it's it's not it's it's normal but no i have an astonishing game and this is the kind of performances that really when you compare this to what uh is showing just in terms of motivation and the, the desire to be there just another level from 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 what my check can be showing. And I think if you are a Leon a, a a supporter, you know how much they love Chucky, how much they want him to do well. And you've got so much quality, but sometimes it doesn't matter how good you can be as a player. If you don't show show it on the pitch and if you always want to play for yourself, which uh, Ryan Cherki has been doing basically, always basically playing for himself, this is not the kind of behavior that a coach could, could admit. And we've seen so many coach from yeah. both to now um, the, um, the Sage. We've seen so many coach just struggle with, with Ryan Cherky. And at the beginning, we're like, oh, maybe he's the coach. We, we need a coach who understands him. But when you see like so many coach coming to Lyon, and the same thing that happened again, that Shaki is not playing. Maybe the problem is not actually the coach, but the player. And I think that's what Lyon's fan are now starting realizing that maybe he's not... Well, I mean, no, he is really good, but... Well, if he doesn't show more desire to be on the pitch and more desire for, to, to do well for, 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 for his club, well, we, we might as well just take on Noama who him while doing everything mm. in his power to make things happen. And I, I think if I would be, if I if I was shaky now, I would be kind of drawing on my situation. Obviously, he didn't left uh, during the you know, transfer. So if he wants to play and add more minutes, because at the, obviously at the end of the year there is uh, the Olympics, the Olympics, and I, I bet he would want to be in the team made by Thierry Henry. So if you want to participate to this, he might, he might need to start uh, showing a better face for himself quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. I think big times and uh, decisive times coming ahead for for Ryan Shirky. Um, the other big result, I said big result, uh, the most significant result I think from the weekend was uh, possibly Strasbourg 1, Paris Saint-Germain 2. 
Jerry, you're the in-house PSG fan. You watched this one and you were very impressed with with uh, with Patrick Vieira's transfer. Uh, what what stood out about them? Oh, I, well, what a game it was. They, Strasbourg started the game really strongly. After 40 seconds, 49 seconds, uh, they had a, two big saves by Donnarumma and it, it might as well go to go to goal. And at this position, if we're just looking at those kind of games that I've seen so often from PG where, well, with the Champions League coming up, they're not really thinking about winning anymore. But at the same time, well, you cannot underestimate any opponent in the league. Uh, mm. No matter what people say about the league, but you cannot uh, underestimate any opponent in the league. And those was exactly the kind of game where in the past, PSG will always struggle and end up the, the game drawing or losing, which the Amber did. And even more when uh, Mbappe had the chance of of of, of scoring and misses penalty. Uh, I mean miss, no, the the Strasbourg goalkeeper um saved his penalty and was just looking like he was gonna be one of them now for PSG, and then they 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 quite quickly scored a one nil and a two nil, and th- at this point, everyone think they could be fine. But the weeks prior this against West, we seen that even with two goal ahead, they still managed to come back from a two to a two two draw. And I think that was the scenario yeah. that was happening uh, when Strasbourg scored a one nil. That you might as well come back because since that one nil, Strasbourg were just all over PSG really. Uh, they were high press. High pressing by by the particular side, and just the way that the the Loani Andre Santos played on on that right, on that right wing was quite impressive, really, because uh, he did pose, uh, he, he did make some problem for Lucas Hernandez in, 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 in that flank. Once again, Strasbourg is one of them teams that I haven't seen much of in two thousand twenty four and. Seeing them against PSG, I was quite impressed by the development. When you think about how they were playing in the beginning of the, um, the season, with Patrick he wasn't really sure that he could really make them step step up. And oh, and then once again, you know, it's just like, are they really playing well? Because well, there is some improvement, or is because it's PSG? Because often as well with PSG, the team who play PSG, they want to do well against uh, the big team, you'll say, but. If if they can keep those kind of momentum going, once again, I I I don't see why they could not avoid being higher up in the, in um, more away from the relegation zone. But uh, I think what uh, Vera is currently doing with Strasbourg is not bad at all, and I think this is something that maybe wasn't all expected. But at the, at the end, uh, there's still improvement. It's still early days, but. Charlotte has been really quite impressive since the beginning of this year. Very true. So let's let's quickly round off the rest of the results. Uh, on on Saturday, Ren beat Montpellier to continue a solid and consistent uh, period under Julian Stefan, Martin Terrier, Anand Colomendo involved in the goals in the two one victory. Lens beat Nantes in mid table to move up to sixth in uh, in the in the standings. David Pereira Costa scoring the only goal in a 1-0 victory for them. And on the weekend, on Sunday, you had Monaco join against Luca Elsner's Le Havre. Visan Benyede's goal was cancelled by his own teammate Yusuf Afana's own goal. Um, then you had Paulo Fonseca's Lille winning 4-0 emphatically against um, relegation-troubled Clermont Foot, who are currently 18th on the table. Jonathan David scoring a brace there to take his tally to 8 for the season. Uh, another exceptional performance from Paulo Fonseca's side, who have managed to maintain a perfect start to 2024. No goals conceded, a lot of goals scored, and, and yeah, things are looking good uh, in that part of France for for Ledoug. Um Further down the table, big, big win for Lorient, winning 2-1 against Metz. Mohamed Bamba and Panos Katseris, the two new signings from the January transfer window, showing their value already uh, in the side. And, uh, and yeah, picking up three big points against um, fellow relegation-threatened Mets. And closer to mid-table, it was a, a well-deserved performance, possibly, for, for Toulouse against Hans. 
beating them 3-2 and somewhat cons- convincingly scoring their goals early on. Tish uh, Talinga, again, converting from the spot. He's always been reliable for them in front of goal. And, and lastly, we end with uh, Francesco Farioli's side, Nice, drawing 0-0 against Araquois Brest who won the XG battle in the end of the game, but just couldn't find the back of the net. Two sides that are known for their defensive doggedness. And so perhaps a nil-nil result is, is to be expected. Okay, so that brings us to the end of the weekend review and the headlines of France. Listeners, we are here today to discuss the transfer window. And it's it's been almost a, it's a week now since the closure of the window. And um, and yeah, Jerry, we didn't expect too much business to happen, and I suppose we didn't get too much business either. But there's been there's been a few few good signings that we are going to discuss on there. To start with the biggest spenders in Europe, the Olympic Lyon. Obviously, they did some great some great some great deal this uh, winter windows, isn't it, Minad? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, sort of surprised me. I, obviously, I don't know the inner workings of of John Textor's finances, but but they they managed to sign quite a few, you know, high value talents. Uh, Malik Fofana and Gift Orban, both from Ghent, um, signed for a combined fee of some twenty nine million euro, and they've signed you know some ready made names in the likes of Oral Mangala, Said Ben Rama, and uh, Nemanja Matic, adding some steel to their midfield, and and of course you know the the Textor consortium has to come in use um, and we've seen already them them signing a couple of players from Botafogo uh, Ajelson and uh, Lucas Perry so so let's break down those incomings Jerry I think adding adding that offensive depth to to the to the side I think we're already seeing the benefits of it for PSR no yes definitely definitely and you know um, when Abakola left to play in the summer that was kind of the main the main point to know if only having kind of like Lacazette and they at the beginning of the same thing on, on Cherki, if that would yeah. be enough uh, for Lyon offensively. And I think now they're quite made up for it because obviously they signed Noama and still at this point yet, I think he just needed a bit of time to, ad- to adapt uh, to his new environment. But I think when he signed for like Malik Fofana and Gift Orban, that's the kind of transfer that I really like from from Lyon because that's what they used to do really well um, uh, mm. before and that they hasn't been doing uh, for the past years. But n- those kind of, uh, I think like, obviously Keith Orban didn't talk a, talk a lot, talk, talk a lot around in a, a lot in like, kind of like football, football market. And now it's, it, it's nice and positive that Lyon can again attract those kind of players. Mm. And not only this, but even Mangala and Benrama to I I would say confirm place or at some point where confirm players that was playing in in Premier League now coming to Lyon is something that they, as as well Lyon used to do quite a lot and they haven't been doing and those are the players who definitely gonna make step of things and when you talk about Nemanja Matic obviously Aren didn't do didn't do really well no he didn't do well at all. He, it probably wasn't the right place for him, but against Marseille, he, he looks like a, a, a super player, the player that was at Roma with Mourinho. Um, and now he just all those mixture of experience and and young, talented player. Uh, I think that that's what we were expecting more from Lyon. We've always been expecting those kind of signing for Lyon, and they wasn't doing so. But now that they're doing this again. This is really interesting, and I think um, things might be uh, back on track now for for Leo. Yeah, hey, knock on wood, knock on wood. Let's 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 see how that goes. But yeah, I think the key the key bit for for Leon from this transfer window is that they've been able to add options to almost every department. They've needed another centre back. They brought in RJ Olsen from Botafogo. Again, obviously the benefit of being a part of you know a consortium and like a multi club network is you are able to make these deals and make these things happen whereas otherwise it would be difficult in in a in, a, in another club's sort of circumstance yeah but but yeah and as as yeah. like as you know for example um 
Yeah. Even when you look at, you say, why wouldn't uh, the fruit the goalkeeper from Botafogo you look at Perry? Mm. But in the past, I mean, obviously, look, uh, in the past, we've seen that Anthony Lopez always been his best when he was kind of challenged. Uh, like one way that I knew there. Um, yeah. And again, against Marseille, just have a superb, a, a superb performance. Uh, so, so, yeah, like all of those transfers, they all make sense and they all there to improve the that that young squad. So, you, I, I'm I'm really I'm really um, excited to see what's now Pierre Sage will be able to do with those players. Mm, likewise, likewise. I think um, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed that Skelly Alvero has had to leave the club on on loan and. Um, I'm interested to see how he how he sort of continues his development trajectory in in the Bundesliga, depending on how how he's deployed at Werder Bremen, because I think there's quite a lot of uh, ways you can you can sort of continue his his development. You can obviously use him as that deep lying player, that defensive unit in the middle of the park, or you can make use of his dribbling ability, ask him to do a little bit more offensively. So I think that'll be interesting to follow so, and see what what happens there with his development. But but yeah, I think the more interesting bit for Leon is definitely the incomings, and uh, and yeah, putting them in a good place for the the rest of the season. Ah uh, yeah, and I'm quite disappointed as well with what uh, Diego Mora have been doing with Leon. I mean, I I never uh I I've watched him during the like semi-final final of the youth league and was such an interesting player and when he came on loan from Chelsea I was like this seemed, seemed like a, a good deal and a bit disappointed that he couldn't do more but yeah well hey, let's let's quickly move on to to their arch rivals Olympic Marseille who I think were sort of the uh, second most active in the window I don't know listeners it's been difficult for me and Jerry to decide who's been the most active because there's not been that many permanent transfers there's been a few loan moves here and there but anyhow we'll, we'll stick with Leon Jerry we already discussed Quentin Marlon a little bit but but yeah th- I thought that was a coup for, for Marseille to get yeah definitely and cool and unexpected obviously Quentin uh, Marlon has always kind of like a good um, a good popularity amongst French football. Uh, he had an injury he probably stepped step him back a little bit but this Cantona one is definitely the, uh, uh, a signing that I see then will make them step up but except this I'm quite disappointed by most of the most of the signing um, to be honest and um, I mean or oh, only like when you go and look at Jean Onana from this from this class, this is a player who didn't do so well in in Turkey. And from what um what I've been saying, um they only recruited him because Marseille had a lot of the was in Afcon, and now most of those players are back now. And oh, mm. well, they have all in Afcon, and obviously Marseille have got a lot of injuries with um uh Roger Veretout. Uh, and Contombia as well. So now, and well, at some point, those players are going to be back. And what are they going to do with with John and, and I'm, I'm quite surprised, with, really, with the signing. Uh, well, we're talking how well Lyon's been been doing and how well they 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 reinforce their ranks. But I would say with Marseille, it's like kind of the other way around. Like. I'm really doubtful about most of the signing, even Luis Garcia that I like as a mm. as a Swiss fan. Uh, that I like, I'm not sure. As long as he's there to do like uh, Cantona back up, it's fine. But once again, are you sure you haven't got any better in your academy? Maybe a player who who have that role that uh, signing uh, another another player, and I think that's what Marseille need overall more stability. This always seems how like time kind of those players leaving, those players coming back. And now we've seen even uh Luis Aneke come came back and he was he wasn't even wanted at the beginning, but yet against Lyon he was one of the best players and one of those players who was uh who was really creating the most. Uh, so yeah, I I'm really worried for Marseille in the sense that I'm not sure where they, they want to go. Yeah, same, same and I think them letting go of Vitinha, who was one of their record transfers, 
letting him go to to Genoa and replacing him with uh, with the striker from from no from Norway Faris Mombagna i think that that is that is quite telling of of the sort of yeah the sort of poorness of of the business they've been able to do so so yeah definitely you know there is reason to be worried about how they will do for the rest of the season and um and yeah now let's let's talk next about leo jerry obviously we don't know too much of the, of these players that have come in and and clearly there is a influence of fonseca's uh network here they've signed two portuguese players out of the three players they've signed two of them are portuguese so tiago maresh from bovist and um, rafael fernandes from aruca center back and left winger pairing so uh, alongside um a, a serbian center forward andre ilic from volrenga uh, but i think the more surprising aspect and we discussed a little bit before starting recording tiago jalo leaving for juventus i don't I don't think I heard a single rumor from any journalist even hinting at this happening. Yes. And I think wow, what a what a great deal for Juventus to do. Yeah, definitely. I think that was kind of a weird one. Uh this transfer like I didn't see anything come in and also didn't I didn't see on Twitter or whatever. Just literally see on uh, my the app that I use of a score that Jacajal is going to to Juventus. And I was like, wow, is that real? Like Nothing has been saying over the past, yeah. past days, past weeks, and all of a sudden he's there, he's gone. And like, well, one of the players that I think was doing, doing quite a good job there, um, at Lille, it was kind of a surprise to see. And obviously, as I said, uh, we're going to be honest, we don't know much of this player at their sign, but uh, it, what I do trust is uh, the ability of Paulo Fonseca to make Lille play well. and. In 2024, that's what they've been doing. Uh, I think Lille now is is a serious candidate as well for the um, top three of the league. Uh, uh, and so far this season, they haven't considered the goal yet. And yeah, I think it's an ex- exciting times for Lille now. Um, it will be interesting to see how how much um, Fonseca, uh, obviously because we can tell that is the player that he wanted. And, now that Leila spending quite for uh, spending money for players that can seek her one, obviously he must have an idea of mine. So I'm just excited to see what what what's what what will be happening in in the next weeks. Yeah, let's let's talk more about now PSG, Jerry. I think some of the players that we have already seen play for them. Uh, they've, they've signed a couple of young and exciting Brazilian talents in Lucas Beraldo and Gabriel Moscardo from Sao Paulo and Corinthians um, and there's been interesting outgoings as well but let's let's talk about the incomings first uh, have what have you seen of of these two players i know uh, Moscardo i believe he started or Beraldo i apologize Beraldo started against uh, Strasbourg didn't he yes um, so well he started against Brest as well which wasn't uh, his best performances but against Strasbourg he he really have a good a good camera really um from what I've seen from him so far, he seems to be a good ball-playing centre-back, which is really interesting. He have a good pass quality that I really like, and that what, for most recent, Ricky really like. Um, yet, I'm I'm a bit um, not sure about his physical ability, because as we know, in, in Liga, you need to be, a, especially a, uh, as a centre-back, and you be really physical, and being able to hold on and be hold on, on your feet, being really strong, because that's what the the, the the league requires. So I'm a bit concerned about this, his pace as well. I mean, I would say as uh, a ball-playing ball centre-back, he's really good at it, but I still have a lot of doubt about his ability his ability physically. Um, and, and, and I think that's what kind of what's lacking at the moment with PSG, uh, having a centre-back, except Lucas Hernandez. But unfortunately, He's not playing um, centre back with all the Nunes Mendes injury, who's gonna come back at some point. But yeah, uh, that's what's lacking at this moment in PSG having athletic centre backs because you, you can see that that all the time um, when they face more powerful striker, Marquinhos is really struggling, uh, and then always end up having. And now, obviously, Milan's Trichinia, who uh, which was one of his strengths, also injured for a long time. Um, we are be missing so the 
I have to put uh, Danilo uh, center back and as as strong as he is, he's still quite slow, which makes him like a liability at the post and he cannot play as high as what Luis Enrique want with him. But um, I think Beraldo, in the future, he doesn't seem well ready yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm not worried for him. Um, as I said, he seems to have a good uh, from what Luis Enrique wants to do with, with with his team, what we know from the past that that's the kind of quality that he's really, really looking for in centre-backs. Um, it would be interesting to see his development. So, yeah. I think talking about the outgoings, and for me personally, the more interesting bit was uh, Hugo Ekitike finally leaving Paris Saint-Germain, perhaps somewhat against his wishes. Maybe he was waiting for the, for the right club, the right opportunity, and for the right project. And maybe he sees something in this one. Eintracht Frankfurt coming in for his services they have i believe it's a straight loan and there's no option to buy for them no there, there, um, there is option yeah. to buy. oh there's an option yeah, to buy yeah, yeah. Like okay to so, so 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 yeah that ugo ktk is is uh really complex because uh so basically ugo ktk loved the clubs and the clubs didn't really behave well with ktk to be honest and he really want he really wanted to stay and just to, to show that he's good enough to play for PSG, but the club didn't believe this and wanted him gone at, at at all costs. And I think it really annoys them when this summer it turned out Frankfurt came before him, it turned out um, quite a lot. Some I heard Christophe Pais wanted him, it turned out quite a lot possibility for him to go because I say he really wanted to to show that he deserved to be at PSG. Um, at the club, they wasn't saying things that way. And now I think Frank Fog is just the best, a perfect, the perfect club for him really to and we only see with some of these minutes I had in the weekend that he he look he, he, he will look good for, for the league. But I just think and uh I, I just think that situation was poorly handled by, by PSG on foremost to be to be honest, because he is a player he never never complained, never did anything and even when he left he just said, like, he just had, like, a, that class post on Instagram saying, well, that is the PSG, so he wished them all the best. And I think that's really class, because from the rumours that I've been saying, like, the club really didn't behave well uh, with him, and him st- still having that positive uh, kind of behaviour is, is, is always nice. So I hope, uh, and I think he's going to do well as from four, obviously, uh, because in general, French strikers doing. <laughs> we know that in general, French strikers do, always do do well in in Germany. So so yeah, I think this is a good, definitely a good deal for for Frankfurt. Who, so they will spend thirty million. So I think it's like twenty seven twenty seven million. Um, uh, the the but the option to buy and uh, a loan if you have three million. So yeah, he will be. It's, it's a good restart for Hugo Ekitike with who we see in the runs of what he's capable of doing. But this season, he can expect significant minutes with with Frankfurt, having given that this uh, sort of involved in European action as well. This, they're still in the Conference League. I think they should be able to get past Union saint in the round of 32. They have more than enough in terms of depth. And, and yeah, between league action... And and the European football, I think, yeah, Dino Topmore will definitely incorporate him more and more as as the weeks go on. As you say, very clearly talented striker, and should be an interesting fit for for the Bundesliga. So so yeah, we will definitely keep an eye on him as the weeks go by. Yeah, and one just one another player that I want to talk as well with departures, the departure of Noah Lemina, obviously, who had a bad spell at some point on loan and came back and now. He went on loan again as well, and I think and Wolverhampton can have an option to buy from of one million. I think that's kind of another a bad business for PSG because Noel Lemina is uh, a really talented young player, and I think this is kind of just seems like those kind of player that a youngster that often PSG lose, and the after end up saying, "Oh well, maybe we should have developed him uh, of a different manner," but. Yeah, we'll see how how we do in England. Probably, surely won't play many minutes in Premier League, probably with the under twenty one team. But 
this is the kind of player they shouldn't have just let go that easily because one million for a player of this quality, I think that's really cheap. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we will indeed. Uh, another young player that we have to probably mention is Sharon Dur, moved to to Braga on loan. Uh, what are your thoughts on on that move for him? Yeah, and how his development progressed. Um, when when he started on the friendly games, he actually looked quite good. Uh, then we just never been seen of him, and obviously we cannot see what's happening on training. But from what we know from Enrique, is is. He is really a awarding player who showed good um, good performances at training, and if he advanced, well, he must not have been convinced by the Barca and Duo. And I think uh, it's well, he's still nineteen to, to to be honest. So there's nothing bad with going alone in Braga in a in a in a country wise. He spent time with Benfica there, and yeah, just wish him all the best. And if he can get some more. Some more minutes. That's that's all beneficial. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, listeners, we're gonna take a very short break. We'll be back after the break to discuss more league on transfer action right after. All right, listeners, we're back from the break. Jerry, let's talk about Stad Ren. Jolien Stefan's side have, have done decent business in the two players that they've brought in this window. Very focused and very efficient business, I feel like, bringing in Azo Matsiva in defensive midfield to replace Nemanja Matic and, uh, and Aridu Saidu, who, as we know, one of Clemofood's best players, I think. So, so, yeah, two players who are immediately, you know, ready to get into Stefan's starting level. Yes, indeed, Dinad. And I think that's that's the reason why uh, the sporting director of Hilma is, is so demanding reported that uh, Ice Roma um, wanted him at their club. Because, yeah, mm. it is really effective to, to building uh, mass effective. And we know, we've seen that. That's why he did Lyon previously. And now they're still suffering from his departure. Now, that's why he's been doing Instagram in Rene. And, and, yeah. Uh, I just think that's a, a nice mixture of, you know, the comeback of Julian Stéphane, um, the comeback of Martin Terrier, now adding more quality in the defence because we've seen how, how like, likely that the, the player that they used to they have in defence making mistakes. Um, I think, I would say, definitely is going to be a an important signing in that po- in that position and. Uh, even even Matisazi went the midfield. We, we we could argue that they already got quite a lot of midfielder, but obviously Matic left. And even though Santa Maria has been doing a a, a good a good job so far, it's nice to have a a, a, a player like Matisazi, who we know in runs has been doing excellent job. So I do think like they really bouncing back for him since the beginning of the season when Matisazi left, and now we got a good run and. Obviously, they revived the revival of Abu Kalimundo, who for a long time um, was really contested amongst fans because he wasn't scoring enough, wasn't good enough after that they spent 25 million on. And mm. things just seem to, to align now um, for, for the Stadrin. And yeah, I think we, in the past, we've sort of had notes to say about Ren not having enough experience in the team, not enough steel to play the kind of football they wanted to play. And we know Genesio wanted some focus on, you know, attractive football and whatnot. But I think with Stefan, you know where you're going to get. There's less sort of, I guess, emphasis on keeping the ball as much. They know what their players are best at doing. So, like, allowing the likes of Calamuendo and Terrier to really shine and bring their qualities through in transition. And, and yeah, we've seen already the results of, of that change in approach. Alidu Seidu and Matusiva both coming from teams that don't necessarily want to keep the ball. So stylistically, I immediately think those two are excellent fits. Seidu brings a lot of experience. Obviously, I think he was captain, wasn't he, at, at Clermont-Foot. So already brings a lot of leadership qualities. And and yeah, a good you know good no- amount of league and experience under his belt since, since being at Clermont-Foot. 
And and yeah, with Matsiva, like you said, even though they have a good number of midfielders, I think Matsiva is obviously a little bit different in that he's a defensive midfielder. But he's also the kind of player that will allow their more creative players the liberty to do their best things. So the kind like the likes of Enzo Lefei and Ludovic Blas will probably benefit from having someone like Matusiva behind them, you know, covering the ground, making sure that the centre-backs are covered for whilst they do their thing. And this is something that, you know, Matusiva made his name for at, at Rance. So, so yeah, well done, Ren, for bringing in these two, two excellent pickups during the January transfer window. Let's, uh, let's talk next about Loy and Jerry, who are currently, at the time of recording, 17th in the table. Just uh, one, sorry, three points outside the um, you know, safety of, uh, of the relegation zone. They've done a fair amount of business this window. Already mentioned uh, earlier in the episode, you know, Panos Katseris, who joined, and uh, Mohamed Bamba, two, two players that they brought in this, uh, this window. Mohamed Bamba joining from Wolfsburg in the Austrian Bundesliga, Katseris, left midfield. Now, we don't know too much about both of these players, Jerry, but we do know a fair bit about Badreddin Bonani, who's joined from Nice on loan. I think that's a good move for him. Yes, that's definitely an interesting uh, initial transfer for all the parties, um, really, because Bonani is a well-talented player, right? Highly um, ranked, and it was kind of uh, a deception for the French Federation to lose him because he said I wanted to represent Algeria. And it was kind of like a deception for the French generation to lose him. That just tells who you hold who he is as a player. Uh, I think, yeah, him going to Lorient will be a chance for him to obviously have more p- uh, p- playing time, uh, simply. And I really, I, I really seems this 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 move and a good opportunity. Definitely, and again, adding a little bit of experience and I, I think creative sort of control in midfield, adding Imran Loser from Watford on loan. I think that's an interesting move. And and yeah, could could add some you know good quality to their midfield that they've definitely missed since Enzo Lefe's departure. So so yeah, maybe maybe this will sort of help them beat the beat the relegation battle and maybe move closer towards mid table safety. Well we'll see how that goes uh, for them. Yeah, sure. yeah. I, I still think that the departure of Romain Febvre is obviously a, a massive, a massive blow. Yes, because yes. uh, he was just bringing up so much, and I think that's why they're trying to do him. But there by bringing uh, Bajardin Buanani, uh, bring a player who's who have this creativity to to generate danger from almost any position. So yeah, it's gonna be. Um, hard shoes for for one need to feel but uh, it will be an interesting time for him but i think like this departure on the third will be quite a uh, a major blow okay let's talk about montpellier sherry they've they've signed a few players that you're aware of obviously one of them being a swiss national Sylvain hetti uh from from genoa bringing him up, bringing him in on loan and and yeah jan karamo tankai kulebali so a lot of Death has has been added in sort of their wide options. Uh, what have you made of the of their signings? Yes, uh, out of those players, I'm really excited by the fact that they signed Ian Caramo and Tanguy Bolly because those two players are wingers that are that are quite uh, tricky on the wing and skillful, and these are the kind of traits that uh, Montpellier needs games to 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 win. Um, Mm. This is the thing I'm going to oh, I mean, oh, start again, start again. Um, yeah, and I'm partially excited for the signing of Jan Caramo and Tangi Kolibari because those, those are really tricky wingers and th- those are the kind of players that Montpellier will need to score goals and generate more more danger that they currently don't have enough. Um, I think this is an interesting, those are really interesting choice, but once again, it's kind of a bet to put, uh, bring up those kind of players uh, because, like, we don't obviously thank you everybody who was previously um at Stuttgart and been released and hadn't been signed. And Yen Kramo, well, he had a great start of his career, and well, he was Torino but wasn't 
doesn't really do any much of himself. But now is the chance for both of them uh, going back to France and Liga to show that um, there are those players that may make the, the club step up. So I'm quite excited to see what's going to be happening in the sense. But yet I know how Montpellier is and how much they are. They stuck with those back, those back three that they have. So it, it would be interesting to see if uh, the fact that they try to be a bit more offensive will make them look better or anything like that. They're just going to bring on those players. But if they ask them to, to still defend Guala, it won't be like, it won't be much of for the end. So I'm just interested to see what kind of turn uh, Montpellier will, will have. Yeah, and I think in terms of complementing the profiles that they already have at the club, and bringing in support for the likes of Eko Adams and Teji Savanie, adding the direct directness and, and the pace of the likes of Karamo and Kulibali is, is sort of a perfect move. But but I'm also sort of I was a bit surprised that nobody else came in for Tanga Kulibali because like he's not obviously he's not like a you know world class player or anywhere close to the European quality or what you need in, in terms of a direct winger, but he was a decent winger for Stuttgart and was involved in some really crucial moments for them. Yeah, in their, yeah. In their push I, for survival. I, 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 I agree with you. I just feel like his profile is kind of, uh, you know, what's being after, what, what what people are looking for more in modern football uh, wingers, mm-hmm. fast and well, quite technical. And yeah. when he was, so he's he's a PhD academic graduate and he was. He was um, part of the team with Kelly Mwendo and Adilo Ashish, uh, trained by Thiago Mota, who did quite well. So seeing him go to Stuttgart, where like obviously he wasn't gonna be good enough yet for PSG, but he's a really good youngster uh, that I could see him succeed in the other clubs. So I feel like, yeah, I was quite surprised to see seeing him there. So quite happy for him personally that now he has his chance in the Liga. And hopefully it will do well with Montpellier because yeah, they 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 definitely in a tight tight position now. Um, only three points uh, away from from Mets three sixteen. Yeah, it's about time they started picking up some results. <laughs> let's let's talk next about the team that that are just under them in the table, fourteenth as it stands, same points tally but lower on on goal difference. FC not who themselves have made a few interesting moves this window. I think the standard ones being Nicolas Cosa, Tino Cadevere, and uh, Calvin Amion. Jerry, bringing Amion back to French football. What do we make of these signings? Yeah, you know, I feel, I feel like I'm just so happy when when French Latin player who I haven't heard of for a while just came back to France. So that's, that just makes me really happy. So yeah, I'm, I'm just quite excited. Um, I feel like Nantes is such a weird club in the sense that they they regularly have quality player and cup quality striker obviously this season they have Mustafa Mohamed who and the preseason they had Kulamani they really have quality player even now when you look at the the, the team you know Matisse Sabine Moses Simon Moses Sissoko but yet they always kind of uh, playing uh, playing the the, the row ranks in the table and I wonder why but it's just really strange, but yeah, definitely the signing of Kelignanian will be a great, a great addition for him to supply um, the departure of Kanta uh, Mela. Just see how he will match. And as I said, uh, it's always great when kind of good French youngster came back to France, uh, maybe to see what he learned and how he developed elsewhere. And obviously, they bring back as well Nicola Cosa. Um, was previously not who him again was a kind of a, a good uh, a good youngster, but then he had any ACL who kind of make his his way up to to, to to the elite football complicated. So yeah, it would be interest interesting to see how how Nantes will bounce back from this more difficult beginning of the season. But uh, I just I really just really struggle to understand why with so much quality player obviously. Uh, even now, I'm looking at Flor Mollet, who's a, a top player. We've seen how uh, Motusami now is doing at Afcon, how well he's doing. Yeah, um, he does a lot team that shouldn't be in those positions, but yet they are quite often. So it would be a nice challenge for Justin Governick um, to, to make them out of it. 
definitely. I mean, like you said, they have a lot of technical quality in the squad, and again, adding adding options like Kadavere and and Benny Traore from from Sheffield United to that forward line will will hopefully help them in the in the long run in the battle against uh, relegation. So so yeah, Jocelyn Guvenek, you have our best wishes behind you. We want to see you do well. Um. So yeah, I think those those clubs are are the standout for this January window, listeners. Not too much other interesting business, and I think the other clubs that have done business we've already touched on in previous episodes. So the likes of Nice and and Brest and what have you. So so yeah, I, yeah. I think that that brings us to the end of the transfer window review. And Jerry. As we always do, let's close with uh, the matches to watch in a week where there is also Coupe de France action. So, so yeah, what do you recommend? Okay. So, yes, um, in Coupe de France action, for me, uh, the games to watch would be PSG against Brest because two weeks ago, those two teams already faced each other and it was kind of, kind of like a complicated um, task for PSG to overcome um, that Brest team coached by Eric Roy. So I think it's going to be kind of like a nice uh, act two kind of game to watch. What about you, Nina? Which one are, are you excited to see? Yeah, the I think, again, same day. There's the other option. I think the bigger, not the bigger, but the other big game is uh, Lyon versus Lille. I think two teams that are starting to look good. Lille, obviously, with the perfect start they've had this this year in 2024. Um, I think, yeah, like we've discussed before, I think Fonseca would like to add some silverware this this season, and I think there is a real opportunity to do that. and And beating Lyon would be uh, a statement victory given their own form. and uh, And yeah, it's certainly by no means a you know foregone conclusion. There's still a handful of other league on teams that could very well push for for the for the trophy. You still have Strasbourg Le Havre. We have Monaco involved. We have Montpellier Nice. We have Rennes against Sochaux. So, so yeah, a lot of those different league on candidates are still in contention, and and I mean, who knows? PSG will are inevitably favorites to make it to the final, but yeah, the, hopefully there's a surprise in store for us. Yeah, yeah, and we've seen in the past that PSG uh, are run in league and they all often come first, but in Coupe de France, obviously they. They lost mm. against Toulouse uh, last year and Cavazero against Nantes. So yeah, there there is more possibility for other clubs to make surprises. Definitely, definitely. So listeners, this week our focus is the Coupe de France action tomorrow. So if you've enjoyed listening to the episode so far, thanks so much for sticking around. And and yeah, next week hopefully we will have the return of the prodigal son of the podcast, Alex Collins. <laughs> Uh, we're very excited to have him back in in the podcast um, activity as a whole. So, so yeah, looking forward to that. And yeah, ho- hopefully a good rest of the week for, for all of us. So yeah, thank you for sticking around. Take care and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.